Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. When news breaks at 8.15 at night, sometimes we get to it at 9.15 in the morning. Breaking news here on Blue White Illustrated YouTube channel. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. Sean Fitz with me to give you the latest news from Penn State football. We are starting off spring practice today, Tuesday, uh, with a bang Fitz. Tell us what's going on with Penn State football. Well, it took a few weeks, but Penn State has a new defensive line coach in honor of them waiting it out until the day before spring ball. We waited it out until the next morning to talk about it. And it's the guy that was listed actually first on our list, uh, Dion Barnes. I, I think, uh, you know, it, it's not really a surprise when you take a look at the uh, the genesis of how this all came together. Three years as a GA uh, elevated to an analyst role for reasons that, you know, they wanted to keep him around. He made himself uh, so, sort of forced himself into that role and, and forced James Franklin to keep him. John Scott leaves. And, uh, you know, a, a year ago, I'm talking about this hypothetical where John Scott's kid goes to play wherever he goes to play. He's going to Fordham this year on scholarship. Um, so it's time for, you know, that's an apt time for a coach to move on. And when their kid graduates high school and boom, there's Dion Barnes. Didn't come together as quickly and as seamlessly as I just put it, um, but they uh, they got it done on Monday night. Uh, the team was informed. From what I understand, Dion was informed yesterday. Um, so that's uh, it was a pretty cool video. And once we got past that Friday news dump uh, and I was texting uh, Greg and Nate and, and Ryan, it was like, once we got past that, I was waiting for like a video like that and it came to uh came to fruition so um I have, a, I have a hard time calling it the obvious choice because there are you know things that are going to detract from this hire there's question marks that that come into play here and we can't ignore those but dion's been around for a long time we we saw him as a rising star we saw him as a guy that would eventually be the, the defensive line coach at penn state and now 2023 is that time yeah, we are live here on YouTube. I'm Thomas Frankard. That is Sean Fitz. So if you've got a couple questions while we're here on our breaking news element here, uh, throw them in the chat. We'll get to some of those in just a second. Joe's got a question in the chat. Um, I just want to say first as a comment, I love the Dion Barnes story because I feel like this is how most of us get our jobs, Fitz. It's, um, you know, th there's a certain, especially in media, uh, I relate to this really well. You were around for three years. You were the part-time guy who just was annoyingly helpful can't get rid of you you have to be around and finally he gets the opportunity to have that job um the timing you mentioned of this this whole process of john scott jr late in the process gets hired to uh, the De the detroit lions then there's this coaching search which we kind of expected spring break to to be the time that's wrapped up it goes on a little bit longer i think than most of us expect and they make the announcement the day before um, training camp uh, starts or spring practice opens up. I know we just kind of went over that, but to kind of put it in this light, does that is it fair then to ask if Dion Barnes is a second or third option and there were other options that were considered before him that didn't quite work out? How do you read the timeline of everything given that, you know, it's Tuesday morning of spring practice and we're having this conversation? 
Yeah, no, that's a, it's a great question because if you look, uh, first off, the coaching search, uh, James Franklin is not putting out a tell-all book on his coaching searches, so we're piecing right. things together. There were several guys that were involved and interviewed. Uh, we don't have the names with those right now, but uh, hopefully they, they come to light. Uh, Hines from the, the Chicago Bears was certainly a big one um, in there. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is a situation where at some point James Franklin had to say, Dion's the guy, and how, how do you have the... Uh, I guess the biggest impact and does it make sense to go through in the spring during spring break? Yeah, it would have been fine. Nobody would have said anything, but to, um, I don't think with, if you're bringing on Dion, you're not forced to do that. You know, if that makes sense, like I, I understand that there were questions on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Like if it's Dion, why isn't it Dion right now? And this was two weeks ago. This is before spring break. Um, I don't think it was Dion at that point. Uh, there was certainly, you know, wheels turning and I spoke to Dion at the, uh, you know, just very briefly at the open workout. And yeah, he's praying for it. He's, he's hoping for it. You know, that, that was still very much up in the air. Um, then you get to spring break and you think, how can I have the, the biggest uh, splash here? And Monday, right before you go, if your guy is already on staff, it kind of makes sense. So again, that's all hindsight talking. Um, I do think that there were definitely other guys involved, other guys with more experience. I, James Franklin's taking a big risk here, taking a, a guy that's only been a graduate assistant and then a analyst for a month or a month and a half or something like that. So, yeah, I think it's fair to question whether, you know, this was the plan in the first place, because I think if it was the plan in the first place, it would have been named a couple of weeks ago. So, yes, uh, that's the long answer to a short question is, is I think that this is something that that played itself out and uh, landed with landed with Dion Bonds. I was going to say settled, yeah. but settled is a terrible word to use in a coaching search. But it landed landed with Dion, and 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 we'll, we're going to see how it goes. It's a big. If, it's if a he big... wasn't if he wasn't a viable candidate, he wouldn't have gotten the job. So I think that's kind of right. how I've been thinking about this. Is it's not like they settled for Dion Barnes. He was one of the quality candidates, and he's the one they eventually chose. But the how you get there is just as important. I think it is a fair way to phrase that. Uh, one other, maybe even not necessarily negative, but outside factor here that I want to talk about before we get to what Dion brings and what we can expect going forward. Um, when you're bringing in a new coach, and this is specific to recruiting, from what I understand, listening to you and, and Ryan, when it comes to recruiting stuff, you're bringing in more connections, more resources, opening up your network further. Do you think that was a major consideration that Dion they already have his resources. He's already on the staff. Bringing in somebody new is an opportunity to expand that. And as you called it, I think the new coach bump. Is that a part of the lost opportunity that maybe they were exploring? Was that? Do you think that was a big factor? And how then, well, just let's let's start with there. What do you think about that whole setup? I, I think, yes, there's there's merit to that because that guy's already on your staff. I mean, that's, that's kind of like the, the whole thing here, right? It's like, what changes... Uh, because Dion Barnes was going to be on your staff anyway, unless he was, you know, slighted by not getting the job, figure out, you know, maybe this is not the place and, and maybe move along quickly, something like that. Um, but uh, I, I think that there's limited, um, you're probably limiting yourself a little bit in terms of a new coach bump here with recruiting. Um, as you mentioned, he has already done these avows. He has already, you know, forged these relationships. He was able to recruit as an analyst. He was able to recruit as a GA. So you're not changing much in terms of changing the board. This is not like bringing in Marcus Higgins, where he's got to get his fresh ideas in there and figure out which which receivers are his versus which receivers are Taylor Stubblefields. For the most part, John Scott and Dion Barnes working on the same page there. So 
that doesn't change so many things. There's not many fresh avows. The new guy always brings relationships with him, whether that be coaches in a region, whether that be players that he has hit it off with and and made, uh, you know, just made these relationships with. You remember when Jaywan Sider came up and John Dunmore was a guy that was, you know, mentioned like mm-hmm. every time we brought up John Dunmore, it was Jaywan Sider. Like that, those are the kind of things that you're missing out here. Um, obviously, John, John Dunmore didn't work out, but that's not that's beside the point here. Um, and you know, you're going to find out right now if there are guys that were, I don't want to say hesitant to play for John Scott, but maybe didn't connect with John Scott as well. And maybe can connect with Dion a little bit more. I'm looking at that region, the region in 2024, pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. So you're going to find guys that maybe are just a little bit more intrigued with playing for a young coach, a coach that can, they can relate to a little bit more. John Scott for his very good coach, great coach, um, a great teacher and things like that didn't really connect well as much with uh, with those with those younger guys from a technology standpoint, from a conversation standpoint, from all that kind of stuff. I think Dion brings a little bit something different there. So I think that that's where your new co- coach bump comes from is those guys that were like, John Scott doesn't move the needle for me as much, but Dion Barnes might. Quick question here uh, live in the chat. Thank you to everybody showing up this morning to talk about Dion Barnes and Penn State football with us here at Blue White Illustrated. Like the video if you're here in the chat. Like the video if you're watching on replay. And, uh, you know, as always with a live video, we are here to answer your questions. If you got a super chat, we'll uh, absolutely get to those as well. But Joe asks, hey, guys, BWI for life. What's up? I'm curious, what connection does Dion have outside of PA and Jersey with how schools and coaches may be for the very first time in your life? he's into that role. So let me let, let me phrase that, uh, add on my own question at the end. Do you know his connections outside of the Philadelphia area and how hard is it and how quickly can you grow those regional connections and those um, really important things that we just talked about that you're not getting with a new coach? Yeah, well, first off, Philly can't be overstated. Like that is one of the reasons that he came to Penn State in the first place was Penn State wanted to get back into Philly. They made a concerted effort to do that offered a ton of kids from there, you know, play up those relationships and things like that. So Philly, South Jersey, of course, he's played with a lot of guys, so he has a lot of connections there. But yeah, this is another one of those legitimate questions, because when you're an analyst, when you're a GA, the connections that you can make with coaches, they have to come to you. You can't go to their schools. You can't get, you know, you don't have a region or anything like that. So you basically have to forge that communication electronically through the phone, whatever, uh, whatever you may have, and then they have to come to you. So most of the connections that he made, um, you know, which could be very good. I mean, I think he's expanded a little bit. You, you've signed guys on the defensive line from New York and um, New England and, and all over the place, Virginia as well. So I think he's got, you know, I think he's got connections, but that's going to be something that he has to work on um, in the coming years because, like, he went from defensive coordinator at Northeast High to graduate assistant at Penn State. Like, there's really no in between there, and you know he played in the yeah. NFL. That's great, but there's really no in between of of building that network. and And he's well respected in Philly and South Jersey and Delaware that 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 area right there. But there's a lot to there's a lot more than that area to what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to do positional recruiting, which, as I mentioned, the region is good. And and that's I think that's one of the good things he's got going for him is that the region is good, which means he has been in contact with a lot of guys throughout the last year on the defensive line. So he doesn't have to restart relationships or anything like that. From a positional standpoint, we'll see what happens. John Scott had uh, Atlanta. I'm not sure how much of a priority it is to fill that regional area because you can position, coach, recruit uh, Atlanta. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think uh, Columbus was one of those. So he's he had different spots. Um, so Dion will likely fill those areas. And let's be honest, he's a Philly kid. It gives you an opportunity to get into more city kids, you know, to get into yeah. more cities and make that connection there, uh, relate with those kids a little bit more. I think that's the biggest thing is the relatability. So Dion did it as a player, you know, as a, as a prospect, he went through the process as a prospect. He went through the process as a visitor, checking out schools and things like that. He went through the process as a high school coach where he's bringing, I remember he came up to me at camp years ago, bringing a couple of his Philly Northeast guys that, that weren't Penn state level, but bringing them up, talking, you know, talking to coaches, talking to us, doing all the things that you need to do. So he understands that part of the game. Then he switches to a GA. So he's hosting recruits. He's hosting, um, you know, just families and things like that, connecting with families. So he's seen it all. And I think that that helps him in terms of, uh, of, uh, I guess loading up his experience. It, it's only been three years, but he's done a lot. And then when you, Take on top of that his NFL experience, his uh, his Penn State experience as a player, then his recruiting experience. He's learned a lot in 30 years. And, and that's the other thing. He just turned 30 in January. So I think that there's upside, like a ton of upside here. Yeah. Dion can be great, um, but he's going to have to forge those relationships and do, do a lot of things to continue the work that he's already put in. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, we might go just a, a smidge longer here on our live shows. We usually keep these short, but with breaking news and a, a great crowd today uh, in the chat asking some great questions, we might just go a little bit over. I want to skip ahead in some of the things that we were going to talk about fits because we've been hitting recruiting pretty hard. You've mentioned it's a good region. So can you, for people here, maybe watch for the first time in the breaking news recap some of the players that he's going to have the opportunity to recruit that you and ryan have identified as both you know penn state talents and also guys they need to get this cycle yeah and i encourage you guys to check out our recruiting episode from two weeks ago because this is basically the the entire episode uh was the region in 2024 to work with so they're going to take a big class and and that's another good thing for dion here is he's got probably seven scholarships to work with maybe more um for defensive tackles maybe three defensive ends you get you know you get a little bit muddy when you when you talk about hybrid guys um so he's got but he's got scholarships to work with and that'll be uh something that that helps him out uh you you've got top guys bennett uh ume from uh from from canada he's playing in prep school in new england jordan thomas from new jersey you've got the khalil ahmad connection there and then on top of that you've got a younger coach to work with in Dion barnes uh jared and jacob smith the twins from from new england i think probably Notre Dame at this point um, for both of those guys. But hey, maybe this is a fresh start. Maybe that that's what we talked about earlier. Maybe those are guys that were a little apprehensive on, you know, not, uh, you know, playing for John Scott. And maybe this is something that catches their eye, gets them, gets them to campus. Uh, D.D. Holmes at Gonzaga and Ernest Willer down at uh, IMG Academy. Um, you know, you've got guys that have shown interest, um, have been to campus, they've met Dion, they've done some things like that. So I, I think that there's a lot to work with here. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they get even further in with Dylan Stewart, who will be on campus uh, the first weekend or the first week of April. Um, he's the number one recruit in the country. I see him going to the FCC. I don't see him going to Penn State, but maybe this is your shot. Who knows? Uh, Darian Mayo, Malachi Williams. This is the the one that I circle, Philly yes. kid. 
um, that is kind of reminds me of Dion at this point um, in his career. Um, this is a, this is a big one for him. Um, so I, I think that that's probably the I don't want to say the first test, but maybe you push that one across the line. Malachi's coming to campus this weekend. Maybe you get an opportunity to put yourself in a in a, in a bigger lead for that one right there. So. Um, yeah, I encourage you to go back and check out that episode a couple of weeks ago. We talked about those guys. Uh, Ryan has talked about Xavier, Xavier Gilliam on the show yesterday. Uh, Cade Brown, Jalen Harvey, names that you know, Darian Mayo. There's a lot out there to work with and probably a little bit more than we're used to seeing at this point in time um, because those bigger bodies of 6'5", excuse me, they, they were, hey, we're live, 6'5", um, something, uh, you know, they take a little bit longer to develop. So spring, summer, he'll get out and, and, and see those guys during the evaluation period in the spring and then have the guys camp in the summer. So it's a good year to break in a new defensive line coach because you have options. Now he just has to capitalize on those options. So check this out, uh, bluewhiteillustrated.com. Uh, currently, I think this started this morning, kicking off spring ball in a great way, not just here on the channel, but also at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Our promo has been $29.99 from now to the start of football season. Now it's $10 for the next four months, straight up. $10 for the next four months, you get inside access. You can get Sean Fitz early reporting on things. You can get Ryan Snyder's deep dives onto recruiting about who, what, when, where, why. You can get my film evals of uh, both Penn State prospects and the blue-white uh, game coming up, where what we actually can take from that game, all of that, plus basketball, everything else, $10 for four months. Sign up now. That's our spring ball special uh, at bluewhiteillustrated.com, and then you won't miss any of this information. And then uh, you can enjoy asking the good questions in the chat uh, that we got here from some of our insiders that I know are both here and on the site. Um, T. Frank, before you get moving, I want to yeah. I want to do two things here. The sure. basketball coverage by Nate Bauer, you're not going to find any better. Like oh, yeah. the, the stuff that he's talking about right now, you're not going to find anywhere else. Um, check that out. Um, and that's a, you know, they're they're good right now so it's fun to follow basketball right now he's got a ton of insight not only on the team but also the inner workings of what's going on check that out and i was asked in the chat to shout out the basketball fundraiser guys freaking amazing uh i'm gonna call him bleed because i can't remember if he's no I, I can never remember northern state great white north on our site but put together a crowdsourced nil uh, just action. And it was awesome. Like you guys have done an amazing job. So definitely wanted to shout that out because it is, you know, the Penn state basketball has struggled with NIL. We had Michael Shrewsbury on the show uh, a couple of months ago or a couple of weeks ago, and he was adamant that NIL is not good at Penn state. So yep. uh, really cool to see the, the, uh, the grassroots organization from those guys um, from, from every site. Uh, it's, it's really cool. Cause if you're going to make Penn State basketball ball a priority, that's that's what it's going to take right now. So uh, really cool to see that come together in the last week and also coincide with Penn State's run through the Big Ten tournament, which was exciting, which was genuinely fun and was very unlike, you know, the Penn State basketball that, that we're all used to. So it's really, uh, really cool to see that in the right direction. And I love Michael Shrewsbury. Uh, they got to do what they can to keep him. We'll see if they can do that. Um, but I just wanted to get my pitch in for the basketball coverage because Nate is doing an unbelievable job. I've uh, I love learning from you guys. One of my favorite things is I get to learn from the people I work with and learn more about basketball in the last year uh, with Nate than I have the entire time watching basketball on my own. Uh, just a couple more minutes here on our live show or impromptu nine o'clock live show. Uh, this is a, we, we covered recruiting, but for the room specifically, we need to talk about how much these guys were fighting behind the scenes and publicly for Dion Barnes. So how important is this for the continu continuity of the defense? Defensive line room. 
Very big. Um, and I will say this. I said this on the show last week, and uh, guys were pushing for him, but that doesn't matter. Like that, None of that should have been taken into account by James Franklin. Um, it, it's not like he was going to have a big revolt bringing a different guy in or anything like that, but you got to separate that. You got to take that from this, uh, you know, take the comments that you're getting from your players, put it in uh, a pile of information that you're using to make your decision, but not base your decision on that. So um, I think that there's kind of two sides to that. It doesn't really matter as much, but Penn State players, man, they love this guy. They have been outspoken about him. When I ask players about development, Oftentimes, Dion was mentioned first before John Scott. So, always found that to be interesting. Chop was one of those one, one of those guys I talked to out at the Rose Bowl, and he just like lit up about Dion. And I think I was trying to get a John Scott quote, but I mean that's kind of what what we got around to. Such a big year for that, um, because if you look at the questions that we have about this hire, Penn State seemingly moving into a window where they can make a run, like they can, you know. Hard to say where the ceiling is. They've got things to work on. They've got things to uh, to hammer out in spring ball and then in fall practice and things like that. But there's a ton of talent on this team, and defensive line is pretty important room. So yeah. does that window align with bringing in a first-year coach? We're not going to know that for a while. So um, I think that that's, uh, that's very interesting. But um, T. Frank, who do you think this is biggest for in this room? Just uh, looking at – I don't want to put you – actually, yeah. I do want to put you on the spot. We're live. That's that's what we're here for. Um, yeah. But who do you think this is biggest for in the room um, at end and tackle? Uh, so I, I'm going to start with the starters. And and this is not – a anybody who needs to take a leap. And I think Chop Robinson can have a superstar turn this year. So getting the most out of him from a technical standpoint, you just mentioned uh, some of the things he's been able to do with his hands. I'm almost as impressed with his hand usage and his be able to to rip and get under people as I am his uh, his athletic abilities. Uh, Adisa Isaac came back this year to prove that he is a top 65 draft pick. You know, he's got the physical talent for it. He's got to put it all together. So I think those two guys, uh, top line, they need they need to, to do that for Penn State to become what they want to be this year. End is so important. It is so important uh, to Manny Diaz's defense and pressure, being able to control how long the quarterback has the football. From a defensive tackle perspective, I, I kind of have been wondering if this is a Kaziah Izzard breakout year. He, I've really liked his physical tools for a long time. He's flashed it for two years. He obviously didn't play the first month of the season for the undisclosed reasons, but then he became, he came in and immediately changed the depth chart. I, I, it's got to be this year, and if it's not this year, it's not it's not happening. And of course, I've given you four guys because Nate's not here, so somebody has to say all of them. Um, and then the last guy I'll highlight is Jordan Vandenberg because I think he's another guy with the physical talents that needs to take that step from a technique standpoint and an understanding standpoint for Penn State to find answers in run defense. I think he can be a disruptor. He's not going to be a PJ Mustford type, but he can be super annoying to uh, the offensive line by just always being in the backfield, winning blocks, getting off edges and getting into the backfield. So for those four guys, I think this is a very big year for different reasons, whether it's top 15, top 20 pick, I think maybe is what Chop Robinson. I'm very high in his potential to making the team better. And I think those four guys, uh, if those four guys hit, they have all the ingredients they need to be a very good defensive line. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'll add right here, John Scott thought, that chop was a first round pick. Like he, he thinks he can be a first round pick. Um, it just from my conversations with John. Um, so there's definitely high potential there. 
I'm going to say deny Dennis Sutton just because yeah. you need a guy in that bigger mold that can play against the run. He's got some things to work on. Phenomenally talented, uh, physical, you know, just physical specimen. Um, but are you, is he going to be the guy that, that takes over that Tarburton role playing the run? I don't know that you have that guy right now. So that there, there's certainly questions there um, about that. And if you move to the interior, Izzard would be my guy as well. Um, I mean, what does... I guess, what does Zane Durant, um, how does Zane Durant factor into all this is, is a big yeah. question that I have um, because I think Dion can move him around, use him. Another thing here, and this is more personnel, uh, you know, staff personnel than anything. Penn State now has an analyst hire to make uh, on the mm -hmm. defensive line. And if you take, if you follow the rule, like if you follow the potential rule changes where you're basically getting um, analysts that can work with, uh, with a defensive, uh, defensive line, they can work with position groups and things like that. Do you bring in a guy that has a ton of experience that maybe is is out of work right now? Maybe you know you can hire him away from a lower level, something like that, to help Dion Barnes. I think that that is vital. And also, they've got a GA hire to make here. And I know that that doesn't move the needle here, but it also didn't move the needle in 2020 when Dion Barnes was brought in. Yep. So you're essentially refreshing that entire personnel group. You need three guys for the defensive line. They've got one right now. So um, in terms of names. You know, look, it's hard enough to find a coaching search, like like a position coach uh, search, an analyst role. That's uh, that's really tough outside of maybe Calvin Lowry, which we kind of nailed uh, earlier this year. So um, it, there's there's a lot to work with there, um, but they got to refresh that. And they got to they got to get that rolling. And and the day before spring ball, we will see what happens. Um, you know, maybe they bring back a former player, a guy that's been around. Uh, I think uh, Torrance Brown has been a guy that's been mentioned uh, getting back into coaching. That that was a phenomenal story. I don't know how much how many people remember him, but that was a phenomenal story there. So I think that that's um, yeah, that's kind of where they're at with that. You have to not only reset or restock and, and figure out your your players, but also get back into uh, what you've got in terms of uh, uh, excuse me, in terms of personnel there. So uh, a couple things to, to clean up here at the end of the show. First off, thanks to everybody in the chat. Wanted to shout out Beach Wine Guy because he did have that earlier in the uh, in the um, uh, chat asking about the GA and analyst role. I forgot to to bring it up a little bit earlier. So good job on you and Beach Wine Guy for getting that oh, in. Beach Wine uh, is great, but that's <laughs> another that's another podcast. <laughs> Sorry, beach Wine or Porch Beer? Which one's better? Uh, I'll, I'll go with Porch Beer every time, but like okay. you know asked me to pick between my children here. So we're not doing that. <laughs> uh, also, some other news and notes here to end the show. I will go with porch beer as well because I think sand can be super annoying. Not that I uh, want to bring up shades of uh, the first Star Wars trilogy. But uh, we are, because of the, the schedule today, James Franklin is at noon. So we'll bring that to you uh, basically after live after it happens. We uh, will have a live replay of James Franklin's press conference shortly after he concludes. Then practice is coming up tonight. That is going to be in the evening. It is going to conflict with the time of the BWI live show on Tuesday which normally comes to you at 7 o'clock, so we're pushing that until tomorrow. So if you want to get a full recap of everything that happens today, bluewhiteillustrated.com is your first place to get the written stuff. We'll be having our Penn State two-a-days coming out where we're previewing some of the positions, all the positions, uh, all week long to get you primed and ready for uh, 
training camp, spring camp, which happens this week, people, this tends to sneak up on everybody. So I like to prove, I like to preview it during it happening to wake everybody up at the same time. And then the, the last thing is, of course, subscribe here to Blue White Illustrated on YouTube and bluewhiteillustrated.com for all of that information. Uh, I'm Thomas Frank Carr, Sean Fitz uh, with me this morning. Fitz, thank you so much for being on with us and for giving us the information on Dion Barnes. That'll do it for today on the BWI Live Breaking News, which turned into a full show. So you got your Tuesday show anyway. We'll talk to you tomorrow. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.